Santa can't bring animals. Oh. Because elves make his things, and elves can't make puppies. True. Okay. Then... Or else I'd have 17 kitties by now. I, I think I'm good with the amount of cats I have in No, I need more. No, I'm, I'm pretty they good. They make your life better. I'd rather have puppies. It's not an either or. They'll be best friends. Mm, that's pretty cute. The cat could ride the dog around. Oh. Or get pulled in a little sled. Oh, that would be pretty cute. And then you put antlers on the dog and a little Santa hat on the cat. I was in a calendar store today, and I feel like that that was one of the themes of the calendars that I saw. Oh, we should get that calendar. It's like best friends or something. That's what I do called. like unlikely animal best friends. Yeah, like a duck and a cat. Or, or... like when a monkey washes a cat in the sink. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's something I've never seen. Oh, I th- That's like a... Uh, a classic piece of old-timey stock footage. Oh. A chimp watch washing a cat in a sink. I, I've it's never... black and white. It's classic. I, I don't know why I've seen it hundreds of times. I almost want to look it up now. It's up there. Maybe we'll link to it in the show notes because this is a podcast. Is it? Welcome, everyone, to a very special festive edition of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Love Hard with a Vengeance, Randawa. <laughs> and with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha, allergic to pineapples, he's... <laughs> oh, that is topical. Because he's so allergic to pineapples. Yeah. Let's bring it up. All the time. And we are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. Today we are going to be talking about the very festive, possibly. It's festive. I think we it's can say festive. it's festive. Yeah, it's pretty festive. It takes place at Christmas. Yeah. It's We're gonna... kind of like Die Hard. Like it's it's festive and then it takes place at Christmas. But it's not Die Hard. No. It's Love Hard. Yes. Which combines Love Actually and Die Hard. Yeah. And it wasn't until the movie ended that I actually put that together. Oh, really? I watched the whole movie and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, now Actually, I, I read, I think on Twitter or something, someone put that together and I was like, that makes sense. I was like, this is a really dumb movie name, but now it makes sense because she talks about both. Yes. Because it's their two favorite movies. Yeah. But we are going to get into things and we are going to be spoiling it. So if you haven't seen the movie, check it out because we'll be talking about all of it, reviewing, analyzing, spoiling, all of that good stuff. Yes. But before that, let's thank our first sponsor of the episode. And this episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. Offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Oh, that's exciting. And since winter is, I guess it's not coming, it is here it for is, us. Oh, it is full winter now. It is 20 below outside. So the energy usage for all Albertans will be increasing. So now is a great time for listeners to look at their utility bills and ensure they are on the best plan. Albertans have a choice who they pay their utility bills to, and Park Power is happy to provide free, no-obligation comparisons. And if you decide to switch providers, it's easy. And you can feel good about knowing you are supporting local businesses and helping give back to our communities with your utility bills. So you can find more about Park Power at parkpower.ca. That's parkpower.ca. Oh, that sounds festive. Giving back to your community. Also, heat is festive because it is uh, so, so cold. (laughs) So, so cold. My eyelashes froze to my eyelid today. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a beard. So oh, yes. Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> you how know about... I've been just wearing my mask as a heat implement. Yeah, I used to get off the train mm-hmm. and take off my mask. As soon as you get off the train, But yeah. no, I keep it on now. It's the only thing keeping my face warm. Well, Samantha, today we are talking about Love Hard, a movie that combines a couple of different romantic comedy tropes, like the uh, the Cyrano 
and the pretend girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them both in the same movie. It's an interesting mix of things, of classic romantic comedy things. So was this a movie that reimagines the holiday rom-com and leaves you feeling warm and fuzzy? Or is it a series of cliches that we instinctively grasp onto in an effort to buoy our own spirits in this vacuous holiday void? What say you, Samantha? Yes. Both? All of the above. (laughs) Are you in a vacuous holiday void? Uh, It's a little vacuous. Yeah. Yeah, man. (laughs) As are we all. You are wearing a very delightful sweater, so it's seeming less vacuous right now. I am wearing a sweater that has a fuzzy cat on it, and the cat is wearing sequin antlers, and the cat on my sweater is wearing a sweater itself. Yes, and the cat is actually fuzzy, so it's kind of like a full experience with this cat. It really is. I would love a full experience with a cat. <laughs> I know. You told me multiple times just tonight. <laughs> Um, no, I enjoyed this one. I think it's kind of a fresh retelling of some of those classic Christmas rom-com things like trying to fall in love for Christmas and, uh, like wacky family antics and like doing impulsive things because it's the holidays and that kind of thing. And it takes... A little bit more of a modern twist because there's online dating and, um, like, more technology than in some other, like, Christmas movies. So... Yeah, more than in, like, It's, it's a Wonderful, wonderful Life. life. <laughs> I knew you were going to say or that. Or Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, it's very phone-based. Yes. It is very, very internet-y. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I kind you of love it. I love it. Okay, sorry. Just want to make sure because yes. that is, uh, after all, the title of the podcast. Oh, is it? Isn't it? Oh, I thought it was. I sort of like this, and maybe you'll watch this movie at some point with me. Well, some of them have been that. <laughs> so, Indy, I love this. Did you? Well, it's not really a good movie. No. <laughs> Wait. You... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like a fun. To watch movie, and that's why I loved it, because it was fun. So the the biggest thing is the script is bad, mm. but I think they do good things with what they have. Mm-hmm. I think, like, for sure something that will be remembered for, at least that I remember it for, is that they have a leading man who doesn't fit the typical mold of leading man in a romantic comedy. Yes. And I'm happy about that. But is that enough for me to say, like, oh, this is a good movie? Not really, but it's enough for me to appreciate that part of it. Mm-hmm. And I am not going to complain about this movie. Well, I probably I complain about everything, mm-hmm. but what I will say is uh, this movie was well directed. It's mm-hmm. well shot, and I liked the characters. That's steady cam work. See, right? <laughs> it actually I, was real solid. Was after it? you told, I told me you that, about I that. watched it a second time because I wanted to just like make sure I had some notes because I didn't take notes the first time I watched it because it was like a night you were at hockey and I was like having some wine and watching the movie so I didn't like wasn't doing it for the podcast at that point so I like took a few notes and kind of watched it again and then I learned that you had this friend who worked on it yeah we can shout him out oh sure. so if uh <laughs> if you need some steady cam work or uh techno crane Or if you need a a good stay-at-home defenseman with a pretty solid shot, you can talk to Brett Maniluk, and he's a friend of mine I I met actually in in movie stuff, but now we're on a a hockey team together, but he worked on this. He's typically a big Steadicam guy, but also I didn't realize how much crane work he does, so the Technocrane is... I'm assuming most people don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. But it is a uh, a crane that allows you to do the movements that a dolly and a track and all of that would do, but it's much more fluid and much more versatile. So you can take longer shots? Yeah, the camera in this movie is constantly moving. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because I have a friend who did it, but... I think it's it's very well shot, and mm-hmm. the moving camera was was great. I, I just assumed that was Brett running around. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> I thought that was just him running around the whole movie because it was. It does move a lot more yeah. than like a normal movie, and I know that like when she's up on the climbing wall, it's obviously not someone standing up there with her. Right. It's some sort of crane 
pulley and lever system. But uh, but yeah, I thought I just assumed it was like guys like him just running around. I did get a few insights into the movie from him because oh, I yeah. asked him about it at our last game, and I was like, "Ooh, any any gossip?" And it's good but bad because there's nothing really exciting. What he said was. That's a lot of nice people. They're all very good to work yeah. with because there's a lot of movies where you you know people mm-hmm. who are difficult to work with. But uh, the director, whose name I'm sure you'll tell me by the end of this uh, paragraph. Hernan Jimenez? Jimenez. Jimenez. Uh, he is more known as a stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah, you were telling me this. So he's very big in, I think he's from Costa Rica, but he's... Just a big comedian in much of the Spanish-speaking world. And now he's getting into directing. And I gotta say, like, I think this movie, although I didn't love it, I think it's very well directed. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Like, it looked good. Yes. It looked really good. You can tell it's the direction is really good. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, the script isn't great. No. But the actors are good in it, too. So yeah. they they just make it work. And he also said uh, Jimmy O. Yang. Good guy. Mm-hmm. He seems like he'd be a good guy. He seems like he's not being, he wouldn't be any different than he is in the movie. Oh, yeah, I wonder. Like, he seems like that's just like his everyday normal guy. Because I've seen his stand-up, so I think that's probably closer to his, although, like, people have a persona in that as well. Maybe it's a bit of a persona, but I could just see him being, like, that guy. Just a good guy. Yeah, he said everyone was really nice to work with, but I think some of the interesting stuff for me was how much crane work that they did. And a lot of it was actually split up. So there's a bunch of scenes where the camera would follow them uh, from room to room. And it would actually, like the sequence where she would go to sleep. And Mm -hmm. then he would, or her version of who she thought uh, Josh was, would appear. And a bunch of those were actually done in one take with some really elaborate camera work. And then in the movie, they ended up splitting it up. So they like kind of did away with all of the the hard work that all the camera operators did. Oh, that sucks. But I guess it just didn't work for the shot for whatever reason. Gotta make cuts. Yeah. But a lot of this was kind of like if Alfonso Cuaron was doing a rom-com. Yeah. Because there was some really cool camera work in Mm. it. I did appreciate that, especially on the second watching once I knew that... Like, there was something to watch for, yeah. right? Like, so and that's I believe, cool. I'm not entirely sure, but I think the Dolly Grip was a guy who does all of the Christopher Nolan stuff. Hmm. And I think the cinematographer also does a bunch of Christopher Nolan stuff. And I think the cinematographer on this was the guy that got screamed at by Christian Bale. You know, that very famous, like, blow up that Bale had and yelled at a cinematographer? Yeah. I think he worked on this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. So I think it's it's a very good looking movie. From Netflix is famous for not disclosing their budgets, but I'm guessing it's not terribly high. Yeah, I can find it, was a, it. Yeah, they never they never mm. disclose that. But I think it looked great. I thought I agree. And not just because uh, I know and like Brett, but it's actually very good. <laughs> I like Brett too. <laughs> but I wouldn't be sad or I wouldn't be like scared to be like, oh, this movie if it did suck. <laughs> Before we get into like really talking about the plot and characters, this movie has what it thinks are a lot of hot takes. And they're not hot takes. I really want to hear some of these. Well, I think it's it's pretty clear. You know what I'm sick of? Hmm. People talking about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah. What's your thought? That it is a Christmas movie. Because it takes place at Christmas, there's a Christmas party, and they say, like, Merry Christmas in it. And one of the that guys... That makes sense. Doesn't he dress up as Santa, or they put a Santa hat on him? Oh, maybe the one body? Yeah, I think, Merry doesn't Christmas? he, like, he roll the, the, the body in, and I thought he had a Santa yeah. hat on, but I could be wrong. Uh, but you know what really makes it a Christmas movie? Uh, if you like watching it at Christmas, it makes you feel like Christmas, bam, Christmas movie. Yeah. Doesn't need any other reason. Yeah. Uh, you, but also... You going like, hey, uh, I think Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. That's not a hot take. No. That doesn't make you interesting. No. It's just, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. If I like it very much. Yeah. It's not a personality to think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> You're not making that your holiday personality. No. Actually, I was on uh, the EPL podcast, mm-hmm. which came out three days ago. So you can go listen to that. It's called Overdue Finds. And I talk all about It's a Wonderful Life. Uh-huh. But one of the other guests and coworker of mine, she was saying, like, she's just so frustrated with people thinking that, like, 
hey, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I'm pretty cool and edgy, huh? <laughs> no, it's not. It's just liking a movie isn't a personality yeah. trait. Like, I have friends who watch all the Harry Potter movies in December. Yeah, because They're not they, Christmas movies. But people have that association because they always came out at Christmas time. Yeah, it's a tradition. So if you like it at Christmas, bam, Christmas movie. That's like Star Wars came out at Christmas every year for like six years. So oh, it's right. kind of I, seems Christmas-ish. Those don't seem Christmassy to me for whatever oh, reason. Because I, they're in a world without Christmas, maybe. Oh, yeah. Because Christmas happens in Harry Potter. Yes. And it's usually pretty big mm-hmm. but um star wars feels Christmassy to me because we'd always go see it like in that gap time between christmas and new year's right we'd always go see the new one yeah but people talking about die hard like that and then arguing about it oh i know is the equivalent of the pineapple on pizza yeah i don't care it doesn't matter i'll if i want it i'll eat it if i don't want it, i won't eat it just like it doesn't matter have your own opinion don't shove it down somebody else's throat and let's all just move on with our holiday and your opinion about either one of these things is not a personality. No, it's irrelevant. And then there's the Love Actually stuff, mm. which I'm on board with because I still don't get why people defend it. Yeah. I see that on Instagram in the stories when people are like trying to up engagement and stuff. So yeah. they'll do those like quizzes yeah. where they'll be like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And then it'll be like, yes or no. And then you can see the percentage of people who voted for either one. And then like, Love Actually, good or bad. And like, that's all my Instagram is right now. Oh, I'm glad I have a very different Instagram <laughs> than you. Although in mine, some of the cats now are wearing Santa hats. So. Oh, that's fun. It was pretty good. We did an episode on Love Actually, and we we're did. like, yeah, this movie's a piece it's of terrible. garbage. The end, I don't really need to get into all of it. But I, I do not quite understand people saying like, yeah, but it's fine that it's terrible. I guess that's the argument. I did like, um, what's Jimmy Yang's character in this? Josh? Josh. I did like Josh's explanation of why he likes it. He's just like, yeah, but wouldn't that be a nicer world to live in? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. You know what? I, I get that. Yeah. Where all of the bad things that people do in that movie don't have the malice that they have in our world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. The end. I don't need to have a big thing about it. And the prime minister dances. Oh, yeah. What a... <laughs> but we're not talking about no. that. We have an episode on it. You can go back and listen to it. Uh, the next hot take that they think is a hot take but is not and hasn't been for like 12 years is, baby, it's cold outside. Hey, actually, those lyrics are kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we know. know that. Yeah. Everyone knows that. People have known that for a long time. You're not original. And it's been rewritten Yeah. so many times already. Like, we've done it. It's done. Just sing one of those versions. <laughs> or don't sing it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be as big of a thing. If you're like, hey, I don't like this because it has some bad associations. All right. I will not sing it around you nor make you listen to it. And you do not have to sing nor listen to it. Exactly. But they're doing a lot of like blanket bands from radio stations and stuff that it cannot be played. And if you go, oh, now I'm getting into all of these things. But (laughs) if you go back to the 40s when Uh it came out, people who were alive then or historians talk about it and they're like, Oh, it just didn't have that connotation, not because it was okay at the time, but rather all of these things are just kind of sayings and coded language. Uh It's just not what we associate it as now. Like the line of, hey, say, what's in this drink? Uh, Yeah. That's in so many comedies. And the joke isn't, hey, this is a real strong drink and I'm getting drunk. The joke is, I'm doing something crazy. And I'm like, what's in this drink? And then the joke is always like, oh, it's cranberry juice. Yeah. The joke is that there's no alcohol. And yeah. you are looking for a reason to explain your bold behavior. Yeah. People of the time or historians make the argument that this is not a uh, song about rape, but rather a song about a woman finding a way to exercise sexual mm-hmm. agency within the constraints of the patriarchal society that she's in. Yeah, because people weren't as forward and bold back then, or yeah, women so, at least. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's it's actually a lot more innocent. In it's about. Her wanting to do these things, but because of the time period, mm-hmm. saying, like, I oh, have my, to kind the of... The neighbors will talk. Yeah, and I have to go through the motions of saying all these things when all mm-hmm. of those things are more about the... Um, it's kind of like, uh, it's like the dance of... We say these things to get to the point where we yes. actually want to be. Yeah. And the point is, 
at the end they both sing together in harmony like kind of and that kind of shows like yeah we both want this but yeah we're saying these things to get yeah. through it it's excuses but also uh it is a remnant of a society where that was necessary and women's yeses and nos were not nearly as valuable mm-hmm. and if you're like hey i don't want to listen to it because it brings up all that stuff and or even just like those things today mean mm-hmm. something different cool all right yeah don't listen to it and that's a valid thing but it's not a hot take of like hey look did you know this is actually creepy yeah we all know that we all know that everybody knows that and like they've done all sorts of things to make it less creepy like reversing the parts where a guy sings the girl part and the girl sings the guy part also kind of creepy they've rewritten a lot of the lyrics and sung Have you those. heard the john legend one That's- no I haven't either, but everyone's like, oh, I've talked about this with people, and they're like, oh, that John Legend one was so terrible, though. Because it's, like, reworked to make it more Consensual. acceptable. Yes. Yeah. Huh. From my understanding, it's as clunky as it is in this movie, but in this movie, it's a joke. Mm. But with him, it's, it's a legitimate song. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm so over this song as well. Yeah, I'm fine with not hearing about it, not because I'm offended by it, but I'm just sick of it. There's so many other good songs, and there's, like, constantly new Christmas songs that are coming out. Yeah. So let's you just... You know how bah humbugged I am this year? I, for the first time, I'm actually someone who likes Christmas music in December. Yeah. Unlike you, who <laughs> likes it October 31st. <laughs> um, but today was one of the few times I went somewhere and there's Christmas music playing in the grocery store. And I was like, oh, fuck this stuff. And I was just, I was grumpy with it. Yeah. I have not got the Christmas spirit this year. I'm going to feed you some gingerbread. I've had some. I I am, in fact, like a a husk of a man, but I am plump with baking and emptiness. Oh. And could someone become plump with emptiness, you ask? Yes. Well, we'll fill that with more gingerbread. That's, That's actually probably the best plan. Yeah. Well, let's get into the movie after all that. I'm going to force feed you jolliness. I I get that we'll get to it when we get there, but since we were just talking about it, the baby it's cold outside scene with them. How'd you like that? I thought it was fun. And I thought it was very funny um, that that Josh's brother, Owen, is Harry Shum Jr., who was on Glee. So he's like big, emoting like show choir singer on that show and he's still kind of playing the same character and so I enjoyed his showboating and then Josh being able to kind of show him up a little bit that Mm -hmm. was like a fun dynamic and I liked how Natalie and Josh kind of help each other along to learn some lessons throughout yeah, I mean, perhaps we shouldn't have talked about this at the beginning, but that is really a turning mm-hmm. point in the movie. And the song I thought would be more uh, like cringy, mm-hmm. but it's far enough that it's like a joke and, and it's they, kind of fun and cute. They don't. One thing that I appreciated was like uh, Nina Dobrev doesn't like she's not known for singing, and they didn't like put her in a studio and dub her over in the movie so that it was like studio quality singing i thought she was sounded good i thought she sounded great but she sounded like a normal person Mm. singing outside in december caroling right like not like a studio with like a a full backing track and everything i think that's a case in much of this movie although it does of course rely on a lot of standard cliches Mm -hmm. they do a pretty good job at ripping the gloss off of a lot of those things yeah not everybody is perfect she doesn't sound perfect Although I don't have the best ear for singing, so I was like, no, she sounds good to me. No, I, I, I think she sounded great for a normal But not, human. not like a studio. Yeah, not like... It's not Mariah Carey. It's not Mariah Carey. It's not like a good. full, like, studio recorded and auto-tuned mix that somehow happens on the street corner yeah. while caroling, like, which, like, we know that's not what happens but yeah her and, and josh together were very cute in that scene i was surprised with how good jimmy yang sang yeah, yeah. i thought that was, that i was, was surprised was better by that than too. me so i was like yeah it's pretty good the brother then so he has like a, a musical background because mm-hmm. i was gonna say he's a very good singer, yes but that's kind of what he's known for. and i'm pretty sure he does broadway stuff too okay like he's like a like trained right. singer actor dancer oh one other little behind the scenes thing that i know 
And I could have guessed it when I saw the brother character. I was like, oh, this could easily have been played by any of the characters who have played Reggie on Riverdale. You know, like yeah. the jock bro Asian. There's yes. not too many of them. No, there's three of them, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the one who is the current Reggie was actually slated to play this role. Oh, really? And then had a scheduling thing. And then this uh, shum... Harry Harry Shum Jr. I kept thinking, because you say it together, so I thought his name was Harry Shum. Oh, yeah. Like Nina Dubrov. Yeah, Nina Dubrov. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, then he came in to replace him. Oh, see, like, I will admit I did have to look up the cast when I was first watching it. Because I was like, is this one of the Reggies? (laughs) And then I was like, no, this is the guy from Glee. Because he's very, like, I don't know, he's got, like, that... Gleeful? He's got that, like like stage actor face or like stage musical face i think gleeful is actually the gleeful, right word sure <laughs> gleeful there we go um but he's actually done quite a bit he was in some of the step up movies oh was um, he in step up Two: the streets yep oh you need to watch that because i just love the title so step much. up 3d 3d yeah that oh, was the third one i didn't know they went 3d that's pretty cool um he was in coaching tiger hidden dragon Wait, shit, was he? In 2016. Yeah. 2016? Yeah, there was. Is that when that came out? Sword of Destiny? Oh, is the sequel. Okay. So he's like, he's done some like actual serious movies yeah. too, but he does have like a musical theater background and does a very good job of it. So I was happy that that's what, that's who they got to play him. Yeah, he was, he was over the top yeah. and funny. He was good. How did you like Nina Do? Um, I liked her. She's one of those actresses who can either be super glamorous or kind of just like a normal person. And she was just someone who seemed like her character, like she knew how to do her hair well and she knew what looked good on her. But she's not like whipping out, you know, glittery everything and like crazy Hollywood level outfits to go to New York in the winter. (laughs) I talked to a couple of people about this movie, and from the small sample size I had, women did not like her. Really? So I was like, oh, that's odd, because I don't know. I I liked her. I thought she was charming. She was fine. She didn't really steal the show. But then again, I wasn't in love with the movie, but I thought she was good. Yeah. Uh, She's a journalist, of course, because most Christmas rom-com ladies are journalists. Or lawyers. Well, I guess if you're a Hallmark world, you have to do something more high stress, yes. like a lawyer or a real estate agent. I feel like there's a lot of realtors. Real, realtors, lawyers. Yeah. there's There has to be some reason for them to go to the small town. Yeah, but journalists are a pretty common one yeah. in a lot of these. And first of all, I don't know anyone who's just writing like dating blogs who also works in a giant opulent office yeah (laughs) this is in our world but i guess this the pandemic doesn't exist in this one no but but um, also like this seems like a work from home job yeah (laughs) buzzfeed isn't uh putting people in big offices Mm -mm. (laughs) this is such a work from home job because she can't she literally can't do any of the research for her article at work yeah she like sits at her desk and swipes all day. Like she has, guess, yeah. <laughs> she has to be out going There's on dates. A lot dates. of overhead for this. Place. Yeah, I don't know how this website's staying in business. And she writes like one article a month. Yeah, like, I don't it, know how this. It works. had been weeks since she had put in an article, so she's clearly like a salary staff member mm. because you can't. Like, if you were trying to make money based on like word count or something, she would make no money. You'd be putting out, like, seven articles a week. Well, I think with uh, modern journalism, you get inverse word count payment. Like, the shorter your article is, the better. Because hmm. people don't like long articles anymore. Oh. They like a picture of a donut on the floor and then the word this underneath. <laughs> I think what you're describing is a meme. No, no, but like BuzzFeed articles. Oh, I know. BuzzFeed I brought this up before, and I don't think you knew what I meant, but they say like, top 10 reasons, blah, 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 and then it'll just be the word this with the picture, and it goes this, this, this. Yeah. That's what they do. I I like good BuzzFeed quiz. 
I think I've done one or two in my life. Oh. When the, the, the height of BuzzFeed, I was living in North America. So when I came back and I looked at people's Facebook and I was like, what the fuck is BuzzFeed? Why does everyone need to know which donut type they are? And they're like, I'm a honey crawler. It's like, awesome. Great. Congratulations. Their quizzes are always like, plan your dream wedding and we'll tell you what kind of ice cream you like. Or they're like very simple, like, oh, which Hogwarts house are you? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And it was like, are you A, brave, B, frightened, C, a green snake? And you're like, well, come okay, on. Yeah, I know which one is Gryffindor and which one is Slytherin. <laughs> a green snake. <laughs> they're very specific. Yeah, yeah. You can tailor your answers to what the quiz is for. <laughs> Do you like wearing round glasses or... Hitler youth haircuts. <laughs> Do you like body scars? <laughs> Wait, who has body scars? Uh, Harry. Does he? Well, he has his like. Oh, the lightning oh, bolt. Facial scars. Yeah, I've never. Sorry. You <laughs> gestured to your to your stomach, <laughs> so I assume I was like, "Wait, did Harry get his appendix taken out?" Yeah, I didn't miss that part. It was pretty. Uh, it was only in the book. It was only in the book. Yeah, they really cut that scene out, and I'm, I'm mad still. Just like the cut out of his appendix. Oh yeah, back to this movie. What are we doing? <laughs> so let's let's start kind of at the beginning. Sure. So I enjoyed the first half more, I think, than really? the second half of it. Hmm. Because I think I knew where this movie was going. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see the trailer, but last episode where you said, "Oh, it's some lady and Jimmy O Yang," and I was like, "Oh wait, so." But if he's the one doing the catfishing in the movie, they have to eventually come around and then Mm -hmm. fall in love. And then I was like, wait a minute, is he going to be the romantic lead? Which was uh, like surprising Mm -hmm. to me because I live in this world and I know how people are looked upon Mm -hmm. and it is not favorable. A lot of stuff in this movie touched a a little too close to home for me. No, (laughs) oh no. So I, I knew where everything was going. Right away. Mm-hmm. Because, of course. you know, all these movies you pretty much do. But I liked a lot of the turns that it took. Um, like early on when there's the bit and he was reading to her in bed. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I thought that was sweet. That was fun. I liked that part. Yeah, that was cute. And so, of course, then she has to go and meet him in Lake Placid. And it's a better reason for going than in most romantic comedies yeah. when they get them to the other town. She's like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do this big surprise. And then she also had the added incentive of it being a, a piece for for work. Yes. Yeah. So it makes sense. Still like a crazy move. Insane. But it makes as much sense or more than what happens in most romantic comedies. I did like that, you know, big grand romantic gesture. But this version of it was kind of neat. I mean, there's always, like, a big romantic gesture in these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was fun because it had the added twist of they both had a secret. Oh, yeah, be, him being that he's, he's a different person, he's a different and, person her because and she's, she's writing an article, right. which kind of put them on more even ground than usually they are in other movies, like rom rom-com movies are usually like one person has a secret and the other person has no idea and i think that's one of the few cases in this movie where they added something to make it better Mm -hmm. because i think most of the things that i liked about this movie is just they didn't do something dumb that's in all of the movies yes yeah like normally in one of these movies tag which Mm -hmm. is is that a name yeah people have that name it's like a preppy white dude name is it yeah oh i've never heard that um but tag in most movies would they would make him be like a huge jerk and that right. makes her go to someone else and th- they didn't do that in this movie it's just they weren't a good fit yeah so that's making it better than your typical romantic comedy by just not doing something dumb that we all feel needs to be in them yeah so they're both doing a certain amount of tricking which i liked yeah you like a little deception <laughs> yeah so when she shows up does she not have a hotel room? She just assumes she's going to stay with this guy? Yeah. That's a bold. That is a bold. bold move. Because, like, you've never met. It's Christmas. So it's you don't, a surprise. You don't know how much family this person also has staying yeah. at their house. There could be no space. And you could find out that he's a totally different person. Yes. So she gets there. She realizes that Josh is not tag and that the 
guy she's been talking to is one person and the guy that she's like super into physically is a completely different person. Who does live in that town, he, though. He, she's not sure that he exists at this point, but she does discover later that yeah. he's a person. And, of course, we have to do a bit of suspension of disbelief because they have to now do a romantic comedy cliche where, okay, you pretend to be my girlfriend for a while, mm-hmm. and in turn, I'm going to see or know you, and you will can fall in love with Tag, and then everyone will be happy. Even though you... I assume have to go back home at some point. Yeah, like she, she just seemed like she was going to be there forever. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end yeah. too. Because what happens? Does she ever go home? Does he go to California? Who knows? Maybe and we'll find out next Christmas. Maybe love hard too. Love hard with a vengeance. Even harder. And we get introduced to Josh's family. His dad is played by James Saito, who I really like. He's, yeah. uh, he's the Shredder. If we're all... The Shredder? Yeah, he played Shredder. In Ninja Turtles? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, he's in Always Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm. If you can't get, uh, what's the actor's name? Sima? If you can't get Sima, you get James Saito. <laughs> he's like just one step down, a little less uh, heavy and serious. but a, a I like more... him because he's kind of fun and yeah. silly. Sima can do that too. But... He plays a good dad. Yes. Yeah. Actually, in Tiger Tail, which is a great movie, go watch that if you haven't. I talked about it a few months ago. Sima plays a character, and then him and his wife get divorced, and then she is then with James Saito afterwards. Oh. She wanted someone a little less serious. You go James <laughs> Saito, and he's he's your second choice if you can't get can't get Ma. That's funny. That then there was a movie of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Josh's parents. Yeah, they the, were the sassy grandma, which yeah, is another of trope. Of course, you have to have a sassy fun. relative or a sassy old person. It's funny when old people say vulgar things. It's just a comedy thing that's in many movies. It's pretty satisfying. Yeah. I like it. She says dick pic. We all laugh. Yeah. And then there's that scene where they go and do online dating profiles for the seniors. Right. And they're like, you have to be honest with your people and you can't pretend to be someone you're not. And then they're like, um, so anyway, <laughs> and then continue talking about all their like dirty things that they're going to do with their online profiles. Yeah, they didn't like listen to Josh's big heartfelt speech. Yeah. So then, of course, she is going to uh try to win tag over by being this person that she thinks he would want mm-hmm. and so at this point in the movie i thinking that i'm clever go with what i would say in most romantic comedies of like she's no better than him she's angry at him yeah. she's doing the exact same thing this happens in all those movies but the difference in this movie, she gets called out for it. Yeah. Which is something that you normally don't see because in most of these movies, like like your Love Actuallys, the people who are heroic are just as terrible as the people who are villains. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time where I've seen that called out like that. So that was fun. Yeah, because they both have the secret. And then she gets called out too for just kind of being a shallow jerk of a person. And she also has another hot take, which... Uh, is more interesting to me hmm. because she talked about uh, Thoreau and oh, Walden. Yeah. And I, I read Walden and I, I hated it very much. I used to often just like go into the woods for a couple of weeks at a time back in the life I lived before meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I still think that sounds so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was being uh, all angsty. Actually, I enjoy it though. But I, I read Walden one of the times. And Thoreau's, like, super racist. He talks all about, like, oh, well, the Indians, of course, is the word mm-hmm. he used. The Indians do all these things. And you might think that they're cool because they do the things I'm talking about. But they can't appreciate it. They don't have the mind to uh, to appreciate it. <laughs> they Sure, they do the same things as me, but they don't get it. They're not cool like I am. And that's, like, a huge part of Walden that people don't talk about. And so, like, I'm on the camp of, yeah, Thoreau's a piece of shit. But then you learn about the other things he did, and he did so much for um, racial minorities and trying to get them to have the vote and uh, receive fair trials. Really? So, and he did, like, all that stuff on transcendentalism, which I'm really down with. So, I don't know. Like, like Die Hard and Love Actually, it's complicated. Yeah. That's weird that he'd be so racist in his writing, but then also 
like love to help black people. But so maybe it's just like, I'm great. No one's as great as me. Yeah, I'm going to help out you like you dummies, all you dummies. I'll help mm. you out because I'm so great. Maybe. I think there's a little bit it's of like that. like a savior kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think yes. I think that's what it is. So you're like, yeah, you're a piece of shit, but a lot of your outcomes are good. Mm-hmm. It's funny how little we've talked about the actual movie in this one. What movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get the reveal because all rom-coms... It, one of the characters has to have a passion project that they feel they can't put, commit to either because they're going to disappoint their parents or for like financial reasons or yeah. they're like oh well I can't sell candles because a candle killed my father or something like that but in this case he uh, makes candles and that's his bakery yes yeah because you need one of those in you all of passion project, yeah and in the end they learn something from the other person and then they follow their dreams that mm-hmm. happens in 90% of them. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I like the characters, but I like the candles more than a lot of those things. Yeah, it seemed pretty cool, some of the stuff that they, like, the scents and everything, and his whole, like, business pitch. Mm-hmm. Like, 50% of the candle market is underserved. Yeah. Um, and I like that he made, like, a nostalgia scent of his grandpa. So, practically, of course, in the real world, I was like, oh, that sounds like a terrible candle. Yeah. But... The Maybe the only scene that had an emotional impact on me is when his dad accept, accepts his candle making mm-hmm. and loves the, the grandpa yeah. scented candle. That was, that's one of the emotional parts. Yeah. Maybe the only one that I thought was effective. I can see that being really powerful having a candle that smells like a loved one who mm-hmm. like isn't alive anymore yeah because when you say it like oh it smells like a grandpa that doesn't sound like a great scent <laughs> no. it sounds kind of musty and like old well it did smell like bengay and motor oil or something yes, like that I mean, yeah but um it's like so nostalgic then yeah like you know there's like certain scents that like bring you back to a place right mm-hmm. so that could totally be a very cool business opportunity to make custom grandpa dead scent. person smells. That sounds really gross and creepy when you yeah. say it like that. <laughs> but yes, I enjoyed that little father-son moment. And you can tell it meant a lot to Josh because he's used to trying to play second fiddle to his brother. Right. All his life. So. And then throughout, actually with uh, the brother's introduction is a big part of it. There has to be a part in the movie where she starts turning towards Josh as a a viable love interest. Mm -hmm. And I like in this movie, the reasoning behind it is often out of protection. Mm -hmm. She knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And so there is that comfortability that they've uh, they've, they've built up before Mm -hmm. they actually met, even though it was kind of um, a a misleading way. Yeah. But there is still those instances where she finds out, like, oh, he really does know me. And, oh, I really do like those things about him. Those Mm -hmm. things are still there. Mm -hmm. It's in a different package. But she starts realizing those. And she starts liking him mainly out of protection a lot. And when the brother is there and is showing him up, she gets defensive for him. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a not over-the-top way of having her turn to start liking him. Yeah. It was just subtle. It was small. It wasn't, well, as subtle as anything in a rom-com can be. But it's something that could happen in real life. Yeah. It was a little more grounded in reality than I think a lot of those turns are in rom-coms. They didn't dance under the spotlight at a winter's eve ball and fall in love. Because usually it's just they are near each other and they're like, oh, actually, you're pretty good looking. And then, they, yeah. and then there's, there's not really something that triggers it. No. And in this, there isn't one single moment. But I felt like there were an, enough small moments mm-hmm. that you're like, I, I'm sure okay. I'm on yeah. board. Yeah, it's believable. There's lots of things in this movie that are believable. Yeah, and it's hard to use that word because nothing in this movie is believable in like a real world sense. I think, but I, relative to all yes, romantic comedies, which all happen in like a time more. vacuum, and there's no in a reality vacuum. Reality vacuum is a better way to put it. But yes, like there's no outside world, and there's no like real world consequences. Right. So this is nice because it it feels more like a real world thing that could happen. Yeah. And another thing that made this movie better just by omission Mm -hmm. is that 
so she's set up to do all of these crazy things like go bobsledding. Mm -hmm. That was a scene that didn't really make any sense or go anywhere. The bobsled. And she was like, oh, I'll just get high. Good thing I have this joint. Yeah. Why was that? I thought... I wonder if something was cut or... There must have been something cut. Because it just didn't... Nothing really happened. I was thinking about that when did I was... Did we even see it? Yes. We see them go... Don't we just see them go by? Or we do see we have go... her, like... We see them go by. We don't... and high. We... Neither. Yeah. It's a weird thing to include because it didn't really add anything. You see her... They, you see them go by and her head is kind of, like, lolling around. But then that's it. And then she's back at the house. Hmm. Also, I, I doubt this will come up for most people, but don't go bobsledding if you haven't been. Like, someone trained should be driving that. You you can die. Oh, yeah. You don't just get in a bobsled and go down the track. It is, you can you can fly off or tip or lots of things can go wrong. Well, there was that, like, highly trained athlete that died in Vancouver. Yeah. That was just doing practice runs to test out the track, and he died. Well, I think he was a, a, a loser. Oh, he's a loser. Which is more dangerous, but still, they're all... It's... Your, your bobsled can turn. Yeah. You need to steer and brake. You don't just go. I didn't realize they had brakes. Yep. Huh. Yeah, like Sanka. What's a Sanka? Oh, you're going to find out. I'm so excited. <laughs> sounded, sounded like a threat for Sanka? Junior? Uh-huh. Yule Brenner? What? So here's that's a little hint for you people out there. <laughs> you people. <laughs> you listeners. <laughs> because this is uh, not my favorite movie to involve bobsledding, but you will find out which one is. Very soon. Oh, is it perhaps a Winter Olympics adjacent pick? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's coming up. I'm excited. I love a good Olympics. These might not be a good Olympics. No, this is a very politically like charged Olympics. They all are. Like every Olympics, every big event is uh, built upon the backs and graves of people who didn't have the money. True. That's how that's how our world is. And yeah, make a big deal about it. That's cool. I don't mind that. Yeah. I also like watching the Olympics, though. I enjoy sports. This uh, whole episode is just tangents. I, I, I kind I, of... Um, it's going to be fine. <laughs> kind of into it. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Oh, yeah. Movie. Oh, so I was talking about how <laughs> she's put in all these uh, crazy situations. Yeah, like rock climbing. And... and it's in most romantic comedies, she would just be falling down all over the mm-hmm. place because that's what you do because women are only funny when they fall down. Yeah, or are like, like completely... Oh, I'm so clumsy. They're only good if they're completely helpless. Yeah. And she's, yeah, not good at those things because she's never done them before. But she's as good as a beginner would be. Yeah. Like rock climbing, she focuses and gets up the wall and mm-hmm. then has a very similar reaction to what I would have of mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I don't know how to get down now because I can't, I can't. The repelling is actually kind of fun. I d- I've repelled before, but it took me. Yeah, it's scary. I remember in elementary or junior high, we went to this like outdoor adventure camp and which sounds like totally up my alley, mm-hmm. if you know me. Um, and the instructor basically had to push me off the platform for the zip line. Oh, just like Jimmy did. Josh. <laughs> Josh, yeah. But yeah, so I uh, I felt like that was a very true to life scene because I feel like I've lived that. Then we get into the scene that we were talking about before, the caroling. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite bits was... Uh, Towards the end of their big number, Harrisham says, like, don't blow it, Grandma, or something yeah. like that. And he, like, and moves his fiance over because yeah. she's on the wrong side. And then she kind of blows it. Yeah. Grandma comes in late, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Then it does get into my least favorite parts of all of these movies. Right after that, the really uncomfortable proposal, I didn't like and i I know the purpose of it because you have to have that beep in the movie yeah but it's just uncomfortable and i don't enjoy watching those yeah and then when it leads to their engagement party when she has to give the speech and it's the whole it's like a threes company thing of like Mm -hmm. oh you can't be around this person because they know about this and the the whole getting caught in the lie yeah i just don't enjoy that part of rom-coms they all do it and i i don't like it it's not fun to watch for me. Yeah, I agree. That was it was very awkward and I feel like they could have done something different with it. In rom-coms, do you enjoy the like oh no, they're going to get caught and like this whole kind of section of these movies? Um, yes and no. 
because it feels this is like always the part of the movie that feels very manufactured. Mm-hmm. None of this felt genuine. No, and I think that's why I liked the first half of this movie more because mm-hmm. it relied less on the rom-com structure. Yeah, this is very much like, oh well, this is how rom-coms end. Yes. This is this is the twist or the turn for yeah. the rest of the movie. So I don't like that they went with this one where they're getting engaged and then they're like hijinks ensue at the party. Like, oh no, it's at my boyfriend's potential boyfriend's yeah. restaurant. But I also... And then the boss shows up? Why would he even be there? Right? Because he needs this one article? That's what email and phone is for. Yeah. She's glued to her phone this entire movie. If I could pause one moment, what about the boss character? How'd you like him? He's kind of a throwaway character. He's clearly like an over-the-top character. I thought there were so many more fun things you could do with mm-hmm. a character that you're just making ridiculous yeah. and doesn't need to be likable. It was just weird. Yeah. And I didn't quite get what they were going for. It was a throwaway character that should have been written more because he was like actually part of the plot. Like, and when you have a throwaway character that you are allowing to be bigger than life, mm-hmm. have more fun with it. Yeah. Just making him kind of weird? Is that... It, it, it wasn't enough. He should have had uh, like one big character trait that was just enveloping mm-hmm. everything and go hard with that. But yeah. this, this was neither here nor there. I didn't really get it. Yeah. Because they wrote it like a, a long distance best friend that just kind of like chimes in on the phone and moves the plot along. Yeah. And all he says is, hey, I need those pages. Yeah. It, it didn't add anything. If you call. have someone interacting from afar, it should have been the best friend, maybe. Mm-hmm. Give her a bit of a sounding board, and that character was more dynamic and engaging on screen, I thought. Yeah. She was, she was fun. Yeah, I liked her. And you could have had her, like, pull Natalie aside and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, And, like, have that reality check moment as opposed to the boss coming in and just being like, oh, she's a journalist and she writes bad date columns. Yeah. He didn't add anything. He didn't. And I think that's a it's a missed opportunity. I liked the scene when Josh and Natalie go around and steal all the newspapers. I thought that was fun. Was and I wish funny. there was more things like that. Yes. The bit of um, like the paper boy. I can't remember the line. It was funny, though. It was something like, I know you're in there, mofos. I can see the steam. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was funny. And they were like cowering. In yeah. There and then, I I enjoyed that, and I thought that was a good scene for understanding how she could have the turn to now falling for this guy. Mm-hmm. That made Cute sense. Cute little moment, me. yeah. Um, I looked it up because I was like, "There's no way they could get all of those newspapers," but there's only twenty five hundred people in Lake Placid. No, there's like sixty thousand. No, I don't know why I'm so confident in the population of Lake Placid. But now I'm thinking about it, and oh, I was doing research on the population of a different place yesterday. 20? Venice. Venice has gone from 120 to 60,000. Yes. Uh, so yes, as of 2019, there were 2,300 people yeah, Lake in Lake Placid, because it's a village. You could steal all the newspapers. Plausibly steal all those newspapers, yeah. yeah. I think that's possible. I was thinking about it as like a big city in New York. No. Like, like a buffalo or something. No, I liked, because it, it's had the Olympics twice, mm-hmm. actually. But they used to have the Olympics in small towns. Like oh. everything pre, really Atlanta was the turning point hmm. in 96. Like before that, it was like Lillehammer. Of course, big cities like Tokyo, LA, Montreal yeah. have all done it, but a lot of small towns would get it in the past. That's fun because you build up infrastructure in places that don't have it. Then. Yeah, and that's why they had the uh-huh. um, the bobsled track. Yeah, Calgary. I think they had eighty six. <laughs> maybe was Lake Placid. Oh, okay. This now is probably my fourth favorite movie to take place in Lake Placid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other movies. Well, there's there's Lake Placid. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. And it had some sequels. A Miracle about the miracle on ice. What was the miracle on ice? It's when the Americans beat the then Soviet team oh, hockey. in hockey. Okay. I really wish they had put tights on her. Context? What do you mean? Oh, because she had bare legs for most of the movie. Oh. And I looked at cases, so I was like, I need to know more about Lake Placid. Because like upstate New York seems like it would be cold, like yeah. in Ontario or like here. And, like, their average low is minus 10 Celsius. And you don't have bare legs in minus 10. People totally do. It's, today is 20 below, 
I absolutely saw women wearing uh, like boots and short skirts. Seriously? Yeah. Put some I'm not saying on. it's a good idea. No. I'm just saying people do it. I'm just saying like. And she's from LA. She doesn't know. She's not ready for it. Well, then she'd probably be wearing even more. She didn't pack it. True. She didn't even have a hotel room. Do you think or she's prepared? Or a suitcase for most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was, Back to Lake Placid. That was my talk. rant. They yeah. had uh, dog sledding in the Olympics there. That was an Olympic sport? Yeah. Oh. Like painting used to be in the Olympics. <laughs> architecture? There's uh, someone who won a gold medal in architecture in the Olympics before. They really... Ski dancing? Ski dancing? Yeah, ski dancing I think was in Calgary maybe. Huh. There's a lot of fun sports that have come and go. Speaking of Calgary, I was at a thrift store this weekend, and uh, someone clearly passed away and had a very robust uh, Calgary Olympic pin collection. Oh. Because there's just, like, buckets of pins. And they're all Calgary all? 88. No, I thought about it, and I'm kind of regretting that I didn't, because there were actually some really cool ones. It was a nice logo. Yeah, like The it was. snowflake, and yeah. it was just, it was very minimal. I kind of wish I had. I know that you said... Calgary was 88. Lake Placid must have been 80. Okay. I was well off. But anyways, back to this movie that we keep avoiding. <laughs> Let's just not talk about it. Okay, so right at the end of this movie, there's the big romantic crescendo of her realizing she loves him and going to his house. And she does the cardboard pieces from love actually and of course there's the running joke throughout the movie of like oh who's at the door it's the mormons right. and like we're not gonna convert is like the, the running joke um so her signs say it's the mormons instead of it's carol singers which i thought that was cute yeah. i mean they're, they're doing something from another movie and they're they're selling it and i liked it and the idea that she doesn't love love actually but he does and mm -hmm. so she does his thing She's to doing like, it fun. show that like yeah i've been listening to you just like you have been to me mm -hmm. yeah i uh, and, oh. and on the on the same note then his response is uh yippee-ki-yay motherfucker <laughs> he because she, he is uh kind of like making the same gesture that she did mm -hmm. without having a gun taped to his back <laughs> yes or wheeling a dead body out wearing a santa hat right so what do you think happens after this? Oh, I have no idea because she can't move there, I don't think. Well, she can clearly do her job of many anyway. That's true. Also, but... she's in love now. She can't really do her job. Oh, yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. So maybe she's going to move and work for whatever the Lake Placid equivalent of BuzzFeed is. I, I don't think there is an equivalent, but I don't think you need to be in L.A. to write for an online, like, article repository good point repository i guess we did skip over the fact that he had used a different image on his profile because he got so few responses with his own face and then she said you could you just have to be like be yourself and show your eyes and then he goes on and makes a new profile that is himself yes. and she finds that endearing and i did as well but i am also uh a person who lives in this world and who looks like I look and I know that like yeah if you're if you look like us you're not gonna do well and I like that this movie puts forth the idea that like no if you're honest and true people will love you they won't it's, it's online dating it's not gonna go well for you I dislike online dating yeah I'm so glad we're done with that oh you made it sound like we were doing we never did that. <laughs> no 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 so. but I mean like us in our life. Yes. We'll probably never online date again. <laughs> That's I, I, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one of the, my favorite sequences in this movie is when she's looking at his original online dating profile that pictures. That was funny. Where he's like holding an axe really menacingly and or holding a, rope. a bunch of rope. And like, yeah, it, it, I enjoyed those. And it was a nice call to like. The true crime fan. That was funny. It needed more of that. It did need more of that. Where I you're guess like, what is wrong with What do you think this is sending? What message are you sending with these three photos? It's easier said than done to just say, like, this movie should have been funnier. Mm -hmm. Because, like, well, you have to go about doing that. But it should have had more jokes. Yeah. There were very few, I thought, attempts at actual comedy. And I think the ones that were there were pretty funny, usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a fun little... 
fun little sequence. Yeah, like that was a joke. It was a written yeah. joke and it was funny. But for the most part, the jokes we got were like the getting high bobsledding one. I was like, oh no, I'm going to need something for this. And then cut away and we just take away that. Like, oh, she smoked a joint. That's funny. <laughs> Her head's bobbing around. The caroling. Because that got so big that I at first did not like it because mm-hmm. I felt it kind of just got into normal rom-com stuff. But mm-hmm. then it was so silly. And then they had like the fun take on it. So yes. yeah, I thought that was pretty good too. That was pretty good. I didn't, yeah, I enjoyed how big of personalities the brother has and then how Josh like finally has this like redemption moment where he steps up and like out does his brother. Yeah, but then it all gets ruined because I did not like the part of like and the brother going, oh, yeah, and we're pregnant now. And then him going, oh, yeah, well, we're getting married. <laughs> that was very uncomfortable and I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, it was good up until then. Because, of course, the the inciting incident Josh does something wrong and pretending to be someone else. But I think one of the worst things he does in the movie is the proposal. Yeah. Like that that was not fair to her. And no. it really made everything much worse. I liked her reaction in that moment though. Yeah. Like what am I supposed to do? Yeah. There? Like he's like saying yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think this movie definitely had some moments that were very fun and redeeming. So all in all, I think I do still love this movie. Um but that is a love in that I see it for what it is, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I know there's some moments in it that, like, aren't great, and the script isn't great. But the way they did it and the actors in it just, like, it redeemed itself. So I I still love this movie, <laughs> which I know usually you manage to talk me out of loving all my movies, so. But I wasn't really trying to make you not love this No. One. I think it's exactly what... It is? Mm-hmm. No, that's just a fancy way of saying it is what it is, but I hate that saying I so much because it means nothing. It literally. I don't think this movie gains or loses much upon heavy examination. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's there. Yeah. It's doing what it's doing. Yeah. If you like it, great. If not, that's all right. It's fun. It's light. You have a glass of wine. You laugh a little bit. It's I love not... how every movie you describe about how you would like it, okay. about how good it is, you're like, yeah, you put it on, you drink wine, it's great. <laughs> I think you just like wine. I think I do just like wine. But I don't love this movie. Okay. But I think there's like that spectrum of romantic comedies mm-hmm. from the ones that give you like actual good emotional feels and your um, you're, like heart skips a beat or whatever you want to say, where mm-hmm. you actually feel invested emotionally. To those ones that make you either cringe or make you angry or are annoying. And this one's definitely in the middle. I don't hate anything about it, but I didn't really have a a huge emotional reaction. But I think there's something good I can say about this that I can't say about a a lot of romantic comedies Mm -hmm. is that I like the people in it. Yeah. Like, I tend to hate a lot of people in romantic comedies. Like, not the actors, but the characters they play. Because they're either meant to annoy or be the villain. Or worse is what usually happens is they're meant to be lovable, but they do it in such a bizarre way that I end up hating them. And Mm -hmm. hating someone you're supposed to love is it's not going to make you like that movie. No, that's true. But I genuinely liked all of these characters and Mm -hmm. I wished some sort of like happiness upon them. I want all of these characters to succeed. Yeah. And, like, sure, I wasn't really rooting super hard for them to get together. I didn't feel like, oh, they must be together. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that invested, but I like them. And that's more than I can say for most Christmas rom-coms. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I liked that they were real people. Yeah. Like, you could imagine this happening to friends of yours, right? Like, they're people you'd go out for a beer with. They're not so fictional like some romantic comedy people are. I'm just a cookie maiden who makes fancy gingerbread one week a year. <laughs> what movie was that? I think we saw that movie. <laughs> Probably. That was that Nutcracker it. one. <gasps> yes! I knew I, I don't was... know how her business worked. I think it was called A Very Nutty Christmas? Yeah. With uh, Sabrina? Yeah. Melissa Joan Melissa Hart? Melissa Joan Hart. And she, like, bakes real hard for, like, three weeks a year. Yeah. And then... But she has, like, this standing order of 4,000 cookies. That she just has to like chip away at day after day. Yeah. So like they're also getting fresh cookies and two week old cookies in that one yeah, order you can. for the army. 
The premise of this movie is that the army ordered a bunch of cookies and she has to make them and then her nutcracker comes to life and they fall in love. That's the premise of that movie. So dumb. So dumb. (laughs) Wow. Wow, we talked about a lot today. Yeah, this is going to be a very full show notes. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if I can keep up with them. We'll see how many of them I write in. Maybe go into the show notes and uh, find all of these links. Maybe not. We'll see how much time I have. So our second sponsor of the day is the Alberta Podcast Network, which we are proud members of. And we are going to shout out one of our fellow Alberta Podcast Network podcasts um, called I Have Some Notes. And this is a podcast with John, Greg, and Scott who examine Hollywood's most mediocre movies and attempt to rewrite them to be a better film. That's kind of my style. I would like to do that with this one. Yeah. It's a good base. We could do a lot more. You can do a lot more with it. So uh, they did a Christmas episode um, about Love Actually. Oh, I have some notes on that one. Um, Because Love Actually is every kind of romantic comedy you want it to be. It's got star-crossed lovers, it's got love triangles, and it's even got your classic 90s-style sex romp. Anita Bourgeois of the Read Along, which is another podcast, joins them to sift through the actual plethora of love stories in an attempt to fix them all. So it sounds good. Yeah, that movie needs some fixing. It does. I think we got into that in our episode, too, of like, you can't do that. This is what you should have done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so check out I Have Some Notes wherever you're listening to our podcast. All right. Well, I think that kind of brings us to the end of our festive season. Mm-hmm. Is this our fourth Christmas episode? Ho, ho, ho. There you go. Now you know it's festive. So we are big time Christmas week right now. <laughs> yes, we are big time Christmas week. It's true. <laughs> I am a bot. <laughs> and so we will see you next week when Indy reveals his movie for the week after and we do some spoiler free reviews of things that we are very into i'll give you a little hint i'm gonna keep it wintry oh i'm not gonna go Christmassy, but i'm gonna go wintry for my (laughs) next two picks i already have it all lined up nice okay well i will be here in my parka then we'll see you next week bye bye everyone ho 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 I'm planning on wearing one of our cat with Santa hat sweaters to work on Friday. Mm-hmm. I love a good cat and a Santa hat. Yeah, we need to get a cat then. No, but like... No, a, you can put a Santa hat on Not it. a real cat. But a real cat's better. No. It, it, it clearly is. No. It's the best. It'd be my <laughs> best friend. And I'd name him Lord PC Mewington the Third. The Third? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he comes from a long line of Mewingtons. Oh.